has shown us his mercy. And all we got to do is walk it out. He did it over 2,000 years ago when we didn't deserve it, when we didn't know him, when we didn't want to know him, when we were rebellious, didn't want to follow. He showed us his love. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, he loves us. He showed it to us. God Almighty who created the universe showed us, loved us. Hallelujah. God is faithful. God is good. And he loves us. And he lives on the inside of us. Amen. Hallelujah. thankful for because he didn't have to he could have said I don't want to fool with them I know what they're going to do they're going to turn their back anyway but God in his love unconditional unfailing love for us but God but God that we're here today so we thank him and we praise him that's a that's a powerful song thank the praise team that is a powerful song if you listen to those words and sung that, those words, that's a powerful song. You should not walk out of here the same as you came in. Amen. Amen. Well, as you can see, I'm not Pastor Gregor or Pastor Trish. Thank you, praise team. We appreciate you so much. They're an awesome praise team. Amen. God's presence is in here today. He is here to deliver, to heal, to set free, to save, to make whole again. Amen? Amen. Well, as I was saying earlier, I was going to ask you how your Thanksgiving was, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it was because God is still on the throne. Amen? Amen. So with that being said, as you can see, I'm not Pastor Gregory or Pastor Trish. My name is Diane Walker, and I'm one of the staff ministers here at Linked Up Church. Thank you. All glory and honor goes to God. And I just want to take this opportunity first to thank God for this opportunity to come before you this morning. But I also take out thank you to our pastors. We have some of the best pastors in the world. Amen. We, we thank God for the vision that he's given Linked Up Church and that he's given our pastors that we will go out and affect this community, affect this state and eventually affect this world for change, amen? So we just thank God for that right now. I better put my glasses on so I can see. And then before I ask you to be seated, uh, I want to thank God for my husband, Johnny Walker, Minister Johnny Walker. I still say he is the smartest man that I know, and he has put up with me through the good, bad, the ugly, the indifferent. So I praise God for him and just want to thank him for it, amen? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Amen. You know, I always start off with a question or some type of poem or something. So I want to ask you a question. And it's not a, 
It's not, a, it's not a right or wrong answer. Don't get fearful. How many of you in the sanctuary in the worship center are over 35 years old? Raise your hand. Ooh, that's a lot of y'all, right? Um, I grew up in a small town in Arkansas, and we grew up in the Baptist church. Hoorah! Hoorah! <laughs> when we went to church, which I'm sad to say wasn't that often back then. But there was a song they used to sing uh, back in the day. And uh, if you listen to the words, it was just a simple, all I know are the two or three lines. I've kind of forgotten everything else. But if you listen to it, the words are powerful. And where's, where's my... I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided yeah. talk about today. The title of my message is No Turning Back. Amen? Amen. Whew, no turning back. Um, let's start with the definition of turning back. I didn't know they had a definition for turning back until I googled it and looked it up. And the definition simply says to stop going forward. To stop the advance of. You said it right. Hmm. Amen? Let's begin by looking at Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, and I'm going to be taking this from the Message Bible. Thank you, Barnard, for that wonderful rendition of No Turning Back. Amen. And let's start at verse 13. And it says, we got it up, it says, friends, don't get me wrong, this is Paul speaking, by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focus on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You will see it yet. Amen? Amen. You know, over the past few weeks, um, Pastor Gregory has been talking about us getting back to our first love, putting first things first, letting the main thing be the main thing. And he's, uh, he also has been teaching on um, us loving God first, seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness or his way of doing things, and, but also loving people. Amen? We can't have one without the other. They both go hand in hand. Amen? 
Point number one, Jesus fulfilled his purpose on the earth. You might ask, well, how did he do that? He loved God and was obedient to him. Jesus said, I only do and say what my father says and does. Simple, but yet so profound. He was obedient only to what God told him to do. He didn't deviate. What if we could get our kids to do that? Amen. Do this. Amen. Yes, mama, I'll do this. Say this. Yes, mama, I'll say this. And that's it. Amen? Amen. Jesus loved us so that in fact that he laid down his life, he died for us, carried our sins for us so that we could live, not only our sins, but the sins of the world. Amen? He died for everybody. You might be in here, you might be saved. He died for you, but he also died for the unsaved. Because at one point, guess what? We were the unsaved, amen? But by the grace of God, amen? Point number two, Jesus is our example. Jesus knew that, we, that he would have to face a terrible death on our behalf. Yet because of his great love, he knew what he had to do, and yet he did it. Amen? Let's take a look at Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 44. We're going to be looking at the, um, at the King James Version on this. And we'll start in verse... 39. Let me kind of give you a backdrop of what's going on here. This is when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross. This is when Judas betrayed him, when the Sanhedrin was going to put him on trial, and then he was going to go to the cross and be crucified. But prior to that, it says in verse 39, and he came out and went as he want. That word want means as he's accustomed to. So Jesus was accustomed to going and praying. He did that on the regular. Amen. How about you? Amen. Amen. So as he went to the Mount of Olives and his disciples also followed him. That also the Mount of Olives is also the Garden of Gethsemane. And because it's called the Mount of Olives because it's not a usual garden. It's the, a garden where they grew olive trees. And they made what? Olive oil. Amen? Verse 40. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. This is what he was telling his disciples. 41. And as he was withdrawn, he pulled away from them, from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed. 42. Saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. 43. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him, helping him, comforting him. Because the angel also knew what he was getting ready to go through and had what he had to endure. 44, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Think of that. For us, sweat like blood. I don't know how to describe it, but blood has a a density, a thickness to it. Can you imagine sweat coming from his face like blood for you and me? Knowing what he had to face, knowing what he had to go through. One commentary says Satan and all his angels was there in the press, stressing, pulling on him, having him to, or telling him to give up, quit. 
and he had the weight of the world, not only our sins, but he had the weight of the world on his shoulder. The word, Greek word for agony is agonoa. It's a struggle, a conflict. So Jesus was in a struggle and a conflict. He asked his disciples to pray three different times. And when he went back, y'all know the story of what happened. Each time they were asleep. <laughs> Knocked out, sleep. Stay woke. Stay woke. They were asleep, knocked out. Think about it. I'll just take myself for example. Throughout my life, my 50 plus years living, the sins that I've done, just if it was just mine over the course of 50 years, that would be enough. But you think about each and every sin that you've ever done and multiply that on one man's shoulder. He took the world's sins on his shoulder. Now, if it would have been me, I would have said, forget it. They're still going to reject me even after I die on the cross. They're going to walk away. They're going to turn their backs. He didn't do that. He said, no, I'm going to do what my, my father has asked me to do. For you and me, he suffered, bled, died, beat beyond recognition so that we could have life. He gave his life so that we can live. That song said, he is a firm foundation. That's our firm foundation. Jesus is our firm foundation and what he did on the cross. Amen? 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 He went all the way in. He went all the way in. So I want us to remember what we've been saying over the course of these last few weeks. We said we went back to our first love. We said we make the main thing the main thing. We said we seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, right? Amen? Now that we've made that decision, it's time for us to go all in. No turning back, no turning back. Because when we turn back, what happens? We stop the advancement. We stop moving forward. We go this way. We're going back instead of going forward. Amen? Amen? Okay. We are saved by faith. Turn with me, if you got a, a phone or a tablet, it's the CEV, Contemporary English Version of Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 8. And it says, you were saved by faith in God, who treats us much better than we deserve. I know that's right. This is God's gift to you and not anything you have done on your own. This is, a, God gave us Jesus as a gift. Because he loved us. I, sometimes I, I, I think about that and it's hard to fathom with my little puny brain that a loving God would give up his only son for somebody like me, somebody like you. It's hard to imagine. We cannot turn back, even if we wanted to. We can't turn back. We got to go forward. We got to, what's the other song? We got to run and see what the end will be. Y'all remember that song? <laughs> Amen. We got to run and see what it will be. A side note to verse two, uh, chapter 2, verse 8, it says, where it says, treat us better than we deserve. The Greek word for that is cherish, which in the text means grace. And it means in this context, God's expressed overwhelming love and kindness. Next point, we live the Christian life by faith. Hebrews 10, 10, 38 from that same version. Did you guys find that on your 
tablets or smartphones, the CEV version? Okay, all right, good, good. It says the people God accepts will live because of their faith, but he isn't pleased with anyone who turns back. That's the word. That's not dying. That's the word. It's 2 Corinthians. We walk every step of our Christian lives by faith. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. We are to walk boldly, confidently, because of who we are and whose we are. Amen? Amen. Never walking with our heads down, even when we miss it. We keep walking, we, still, we keep stepping, confident, boldly, because our trust is in who? Him and him alone. Nobody else, no man, woman, boy, girl. Our trust is in him and him alone. Amen? Amen. No matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what they say, he, that, he says, she said, what should have been, could have been, why wasn't it been, don't matter. Our next point, point number four is, after we've done, after we've made the decision, after we've put the first things first, our next point is that we go through. There will be times where we will have to do what? Go through. And what are we going to do when we have to go through? We're going to go through. We're going to go through. We're going to walk it out. Isaiah 43.2 is a promise from the Good News Translation. If you got it, your smartphone or tablet, it's, uh, it's the GNT version. Next time I'll do better and try to have more normal versions. But it says, when you pass through the deep waters, I will be with you. Your troubles will not overwhelm you. That's good news right there. Amen. What troubles do you have today? The word of God says it won't overwhelm you. It won't overtake you, your family, your children, nobody. Regardless of what it is, promise from God. Your troubles will not overwhelm you. When you pass through fire, you will not be burned. The hard trials that come will not hurt you. What trials are you facing? When we keep the main thing, the main thing, and we keep God first, these are promises that we can rest assured on. We can trust in him. This is a, that's a firm foundation. Amen. Amen? We choose daily to continue on the road we've been called to, never giving up, never quitting, no, bad, no matter how bad the condition of our mind and life might be, never get up, never give up, never quit. Never stop. I don't care what. I don't care, I don't care if, you have, if you've got to go it alone. As long as you got Jesus, you are not alone. Folk will love you one minute and hate you the next minute. Y'all know people, y'all know people because we people. And y'all know how we do. We know how we do. We glad for you one day, but don't let you get something new or different that we wanted and we don't have it. That's a whole different story. Ooh, my time is getting away. Hmm. Whatever you're facing today, giving up is not an option. Even for our, little, our teenagers that are in here today, Whomever, it's never an option. Giving up is not an option. Amen? Amen? Amen. 
because there are people that God has assigned to us to go out and make a change in their life. People are looking for us. God has assigned us to certain people. People are looking for us that need healing, that needs deliverance, that need to know that they can be set free, that need to know that they can be saved and they could be made whole. But we can't do it looking back, turning back. How are we going to do it doing this? We're moving forward and we're looking backward. How is that going to work? It doesn't matter your status in life, your money, your color, where you come from, if you're a man, woman, if you're a boy, girl, if you're married, if you're single, your race. It doesn't matter. It does not matter to God. It doesn't matter if you've been saved 75 years or seven minutes. It does not matter to God. It's about Jesus and what he did on the cross. It's not about us. We can never do it. We can never get it right. God loves us. And I hear some of you telling yourself, but Diane, you don't know my story. You don't know me. You don't know where I came from. You don't know what I did. You don't know me. You don't know that I'm homeless. It doesn't matter to God. He loves you and he died for you just like he did anybody else. Hold your head up high and let God turn your life around. It doesn't even matter if you're an alcoholic. It don't matter. God still loves you. It doesn't matter if, you steal, if you've stolen and cheated people. It doesn't matter. Look at Saul before he came, became Paul. He took from the Christians. He persecuted the Christians. It does not matter. Amen. It does not matter if you've been arrested, if you've been in jail. It doesn't matter. When I lived in Orlando, Florida, uh, my family and I, uh, I was part of Faith Christian Center, and I was part of the prison ministry. And we'd go into the jails twice a month, and I would go to the female detention. And when I tell you, I loved it. Those women blessed me so much every time. Sometimes I would go three times a month. Absolutely loved it. God blessed me in that, in that I got so much from them. I thought I was going to give to them. They actually gave to me. So at the time we were ministering, uh, we had a big rotund. There was a room probably about half this size from here um, back to the, to the section back there as you go up, up the railings. And we were having 80 to 90 women come to our Bible study on a Saturday afternoon. Glory goes to God. Not to anything we did, but to him. Now, I understand some of them came just to get out of their dorm, to get a little free time, connect with other women. I got that. But we had 80 to 90 women coming consistently. And you say you've been arrested and you've been in jail. It don't matter. And so the CO, the correction, one of the correct, head correctional officers, officers became jealous. And uh, we found out later he was a Hindu. So he wasn't too pleased with the Christians coming into the jail to minister to the women. So he stopped us from coming in that rotunda to minister to those 80 or 90 women. He knocked it down where we had to go to a classroom where there were only about 20 to 25 women. Don't you know God still moved? He still did what he needed to do because every one of those women were still able to come. They just had to come at different times. And so we continued to minister, and there were two women in particular. 
um, that had been in there and they had felony charges on their record. But you could see something different about them and they wanted to, they wanted to make the main thing the main thing. They wanted to put God first again. And just because you've been in jail, us as other people that are not in jail, please don't look down on them. Because you don't know their story. Most of those women that we ministered to in there, they were abused, either uh, sexually, uh, molested when they were children. You don't know the story. It could have been one of us, but by the grace of God. So never judge. Never judge them. There were women in there who wrote books. There were women in there who were lawyers, paralegals. There were women in there who were first ladies. And a lot of it was because they couldn't get over the past of what had happened to them when they were a child. So anyway, these women, these two women got out. One was black, one was white. We, we had invited them to church. They came to the church, started building their lives. The, um, the Caucasian lady, she lived in Salvation Army. So we would periodically have different people go and pick her up. And I was one of them. We'd pick her up. You know, you have to carry your table, I believe it's called. She would catch the bus with that table. That's called not giving up, not quitting, no turning back. She made the main thing the main thing. She put God first in her life, and she was determined to walk that thing out. The black lady did a similar thing. She got out. She started coming to church. She got a job. The job was horrible. They treated her terribly. She didn't give up. The last time that I heard and saw about her, I saw her on Facebook. When I said she looked good, she looked good. I'm like, dang, you look good and she's in a management position. So don't you tell me, don't make no excuses because you've been in jail, you've been arrested, you've been incarcerated. God is a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, 10 chances, 20 chances, 100 chances. Just don't you give up. Amen? Amen. You might be in here, you might be saying that you're a liar. David was a liar. King David. God said he was a man after his own heart, but yet he was a liar. Somebody might be in here who's thinking about ending their life. Jesus loves you. He gave up his life so that you could have eternal life. You're too precious to him. You're too precious. Your life is too precious. He went in agony on the cross. He, he sweat. His sweat was like drops of blood for you. You're worthy. You're valuable. There might be somebody here who sells their body for money. Rahab the harlot in the Bible who helped the three spies in Jericho. He, she hid them and found favor with God. So much so she's mentioned in the Bible. Don't you tell me. Quit making excuses. Do what you got to do. You know how to do it. You know how to do it. Each and every one of us do what we got to do. And we know how to do it, and we know how to do it well. All right? You might be a gossiper. And the reason why there's so much strife and division in the church. Doesn't matter. Might be right here in Linked Up Church. Doesn't matter. It does not matter. God still did what he had to do through Jesus for you. You might have walked away from God. Remember John Mark? He was the assistant of Paul and Barnabas. 
He had money. He came from a family with money. Every time there was a religious party, or for example, when Peter got out of jail, guess whose house they went to? John Mark's house and his mama's house. They all gathered up over there and had a big party because they were wealthy and they had the, the space and the means to do it. John Mark walked away. He just quit. He left Paul and Barnabas. The Bible doesn't say why. He just quit. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Ooh, let me get on. Ooh. You might have denied your vows in your marriage. Peter denied Jesus three times. Not one, not two, but three times. This was the same Peter who, when Jesus walked on the water, Peter asked, bid me to come out and walk. He walked on water. He turned around and denied Jesus three times. But guess what Jesus did? Jesus went and got him. Said, come on, Peter. I want you to be fishers of men now. Peter used to be a fisherman. He said, come on. God will come and get you. Today is your day. He got you today. If you're in this building, he got you today. Now, it's time for us who say that we have put God first and made the first thing first. It's time for us to do the same thing Jesus did. Go get your loved ones. Go get them. Go get your friends. Go get your enemies. Go get people you don't know. You go get the, saved, the unsaved. You go get the unchurched. We don't do it because we're too busy judging. We judge people way too much. We judge them on how they look, what kind of car they drive, how they talk, how they smell, where they work at. We judge people way too much. Go get them. God never told us to judge. He said, go into all the world and do what? Go get them. Go get them. And when you go get them, do me a favor. Talk less and listen more. listening and do less talking. You'll be amazed what you learn just by listening about people. Just listen to their story. Take a moment and listen. Invite them to church. Here's another one. We got to get a better, do better at this, especially in Powder Springs, just period. Befriend somebody outside of your race. We all bleed the same. And if you start talking to them, you'll realize we all got the same issues. I'm the, I'm the minister when pastor says someone will call you within 24 to 48 hours. I'm the minister that does the calling. And I can tell you of a countless calls that I've made, be it black or white, it's the same issues. I hear the same issues, same stories, same pro family problems, same personal problems. If you see a need, I know you've heard this before, we're just going over it again. If you see a need, quit waiting on somebody else. You do it. And here's the last thing. Start, start, start being a giver and not so much a taker. You know, we sometimes as Christians, we always got our hands out. I need a blessing. I need a blessing. You be the blessing to somebody else. You be the giver. You be the blesser today.
and watch God honor you. In Galatians 6, 9, the Apostle Paul simply encouraged us to keep on keeping on. Don't be a quitter. Don't have that give up spirit saying this is too hard. God is looking for people who will go all the way with him. Sometimes we give up too easy. I heard a pastor say we can be at, we are at the very end of our blessing of what we believe in God for and we'll give up. It's amazing how we'll give up as Christians so easily for the things of God, but then we'll hold on to the things of the world. Let's just keep it real. We give up too easy. I think if we, had, if we would hold out to the end, our health would be better, our wealth would be better, our relationship with God would be better, our relationship with our families would be better. If we just hold on to the end, don't give up, don't quit, and don't give in. Amen? Amen. Let me move on. I got six minutes. Woo. Next point, God will help us. He helps us by being with us, encouraging and strengthening us to keep going on in rough times. There are so many thoughts presented to us every day that our mind must be renewed to follow the spirit and purposely choose right thinking. We are bombarded every day. Sometimes we even bombard it in our sleep. <laughs> we, are, we wake up with stuff on our mind. We wake up with situations going on. We're constantly, buy this, do this. Minister Jordan, I think he spoke about it earlier, how they convince you to buy stuff. Right now, if I see one more commercial about Black Friday, 20 to 30% off, don't we get that discount every day anyway without it being Black Friday? You can go into a store any given day and they're giving 20%. Okay. Our thoughts eventually become our words, and our words eventually cause us to action. So what are you thinking? We have the mind of Christ. And it's so important that we continue to choose right thoughts. We have a choice in it. He said, I've said before you, life and death, blessings and curses. Choose what? Life. You have a choice. You can choose every day to get up and make Jesus the main thing. Amen. Every single day you can choose that. It's your choice. We choose the right thoughts by continually studying, praying, hearing, and acting on the word of God. Let's spend as much time in the word of God as we do all the other stuff we spend time with. They don't matter. I think Minister Joyce said the less things or something you said in your, your sermon, the less important things. Is there anything more important than God? In our relationship, with, is there anything more important? Anything. So why do we, why do we go to that last? Why do we make him the last resort? Now, remember the promise we gave a few weeks ago. We said we're doing what? Making him the main thing, the first thing, going back to our first love. So, so the expectation is to what? Go back to your first love. Seek him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what is his promise? All the things will be added to us. Have we forgotten that? All the things. All Somebody used to say, well, what's left after all? Nothing. All, everything we need. Amen? Amen. Okay. Let's look at, let's just listen to this. You don't have to turn there. Micah 7, 7 from the Message Bible says, but me, 
I'm not giving up. I'm sticking around to see what God will do. I'm waiting for God to make things right. I'm counting on God to listen to me. Selah. Pause and calmly think on that. That's what Micah said. What, what say you? What say you? Are you going to go all the way? Are you going to keep him, now that you're committed, are you going to keep him first love in your life and only do what he says and tells you to do? Do we trust him? Do we trust him? Do we trust this word today? Do we, do, do we trust the word when we're not in the church setting? <laughs> do we trust this word on the job? When the boss says you got to go to another shift and you don't like the folks on that shift. It's a lot of mess on that shift, but you got to go. Do you trust God with your finances that you tithe and give offering? Amen. Where he says, I'll bless you. Prove me now if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you would not have room enough to receive. Do you believe that? Do you trust him? Do you trust them with your health when the doctors tell you one thing? And that might be a fact, but what's the truth? Do you trust them? Do you get in the Word and find Scripture that talks about your healing process and then you walk out that process? Let me close with this. Man, that clock is moving fast. As I close, keep in mind that choosing not to give up is difficult, but guess what? It's not impossible. We can do it. With God on our side. So we, number one, take our stand against circumstances and the devil by faith, Romans eleven twenty. Number two, we quench all the fiery dots of the wicked by faith, Ephesians six sixteen. And then finally, when the battle seems endless and we think we'll never make it, we have a made-up mind that we will not quit, turn back, or give up, until our victory is complete and we take possession of our rightful inheritance and all that God has promised us. Amen. 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 Well, I hope you got something out of that word today. Praise God. So, We've come to a, a place where we want to give you an opportunity to make the main thing the main thing. We want to give you an opportunity to go back to your first love, which is Jesus. And for those of you who, I, who I, as I was ministering, uh, something might have resonated with you as I was speaking about the different uh, situations and I said, it doesn't matter. If that pertains to you, God is here to get you today.